uh, to bring this into a lot of other people's lives. So it's an exciting time. Acts chapter 2 and verse 17, Peter <coughs> says this. He says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall what? Your young men shall what? See visions. And your old men shall what? Dream, dream. So the young, the middle, and the old, everybody gets in on it. Amen? Father, we thank you tonight for the precious gift and the promise of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that Joel declared it and you fulfilled it. And Lord, we get to live in it. The promise of the Father being poured out upon all flesh. Holy Spirit, we recognize you tonight. We acknowledge you and we invite you and give you your rightful place as our teacher, as the one who brings and reveals the things of Christ to us and opens the truth of the word to us. So come and do what only you can do. Cause our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, as we have been saying, and I said it uh, Sunday morning again, when it comes to following the Holy Spirit, you and I have to learn to release our authority to His sovereignty or our self-sovereignty, our authority to the authority of God. Amen? Who's not going to make us do anything. We have to release the authority that He's given to us and surrender ourselves to Him. And we just surrender and agree with Him. It's awesome when we give Him, you know, who, who was it? Uh, what, what's the girl's name? I can't. Uh, Carrie Underwood. G, you know, Jesus take the wheel, whatever. But but over our lives, it's, a, it's a, a, a thought. But just letting God be the driver. Let the Holy Spirit be the leader. It is amazing when we try Trust God. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So look at the cover of your outline because I believe <coughs> this helps us a little bit. We are living in the day of a titanic conquest contest between good and evil. How many can see that? This day, you just look and read the news. There's this gigantic contest just between good and evil even in our uh, even in our presidential election it's like people are going okay this is the the contest of the lesser of two evils yeah. amen i mean kind of the way you look at it or, or how it's going about but it, it's just very interesting we can see the contrast around us in every aspect of our society and our culture so for us to be the kind of people god wants in these trying times we must have the gifts of the spirit Amen. We will never win a spiritual battle through natural gifting, strength, and ability. Every battle, every conflict, every issue you and I face in life is a spiritual battle and a conflict. It's not natural, it's spiritual. And so when we understand that, then we understand we've been equipped by God through the promise of the Father and the outpouring of His Spirit for us to be victorious. It's imperative that we become qualified spiritually, that we know about spiritual gifts, that we understand them and be able to use them wisely as the Lord's will. Every believer, every believer, as we go through scriptures tonight, we're going to find out that God baptizes and uses everybody equally. Just like I said Sunday morning, when it comes to our part, we would not go to the doctor and ask them to do a scan or, or do a test and, and then just go ahead and sign up for the operation where we allow them to take out every part that they found out we could live without. 
We just wouldn't sign up for that. I mean, they found out when something goes wrong, there's different things. You know, we can take your gallbladder out. We can take your spleen out. You could live with one kidney. You could do, but it, it, you're alive, but it's diminished life. Okay. And so, but we've had a concept in the body of Christ and in religion that, that has allowed us to live a diminished life as the body of Christ, as Cole was saying. We need that. Amen. And, and, and then, when, then Paul said, when one hurts, we all hurt. Amen. People look at me and say, Pastor, you're still limping. Yes, I'm still recovering from tearing my Achilles tendon. So over a year, and you go, man, that takes a long time. Tell me about it. Okay. So we're that. I, I can't run. I can kind of, I can kind of little jog or do whatever, but I can't lift myself up on that foot yet or do different thing. My that that area aches and stuff. So you go, it it it, it it's you're crippled when your parts aren't fully functioning. Amen. And so I'm believing God for the complete restoration. But at the same time, I know what it's like to have a part of my body hindered. Are you with me? But the body of Christ, that's physically. Now, spiritually, we're the same way. And that's why the Bible says when one suffer, we all suffer. But yet we've been sold the lie that we're just individual believers. As long as we have our faith, as long as we take care of ourselves, as long as I'm okay, that's what really matters. No, we're set in the body of Christ. And we need to function in our set place in his body. So Acts 2 and verse 17 declare that God poured out his spirit on all flesh. This is the central theme of this study. And what we desire for everyone to come to know. The Spirit of God will be poured out upon us. We will experience the infilling of the Spirit of God. And as the infilling of His Spirit comes, His gifts will automatically flow. It's amazing when you just become a volunteer to be used by God. Say, God, I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to sign up to be used by you. See, if the gifts of the Spirit were not for everyone, it would be improper for us to discuss them in this matter. If they were only for the apostles, for the bishop, for these people, for that person or whatever. No, but it's for everybody. It belongs to God said, I will pour out my Spirit upon who? All flesh. Amen. Thank God. If you got flesh, you're a candidate. Amen. But God wants them to work, and they will work, and they do work. See, the Holy Spirit is living in His own dispensation today. Separate from the previous dispensation and God's dealing with men, we began in the dispensation of innocence in the garden, then we went into the dispensation of conscience, and then human government, and then the, 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 the dispensation of promise, and then the law. But now we are in the dispensation of the grace of the Holy Spirit. This is the age or the time or the season when God is dealing with men, moving upon men, and working with humanity through the grace work of the Holy Spirit in the earth today. So God is, has appointed us, and so we're living in His dispensation, and we can expect, underline that in your outline, we can expect His movements to be greater than ever before. We need to expect the Holy Spirit's movements to be greater than any other time in the history of humanity. Think about it. Jesus says, I'm, I'm going away, and He is coming. And in John 12, He says, He that believes in Me and the works that I do, as we said, He did them by the power of the Holy Spirit, greater work will you do he that believes in me will do greater works than I have done the Holy Spirit is coming and empowering us so we need to believe for the greater amen first Peter 4 in fact you have your Bible I want you to read all these and see this in your Bible tonight as we go through these scriptures and we'll jump around a bit but turn to first Peter chapter 4 
And look at this declaration that he makes. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. As each one, everybody say each one. As each one has received a gift. Okay. So as each one has received a gift, the gift, the grace of God, minister it, how? Unto one another. So you've received this thing, now minister it or be a servant with it to one another. As good stewards of what? The manifold grace of God or the multifaceted, the multilayered grace of God. And, and most of what we do, we tend to diminish God. We tend to put Him in singular terms. We, we tend to, to, to shrink everything down. But the manifold grace of God, we tend to define that God can do things this way or just this way. And, and we, we just kind of restrict the moving of the Holy Spirit or the work of God. But we are stewards of the manifold grace of God. So if anyone speaks, let him what? Speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. Are you getting this? So here we are, we've received this great gift and this great grace. Everybody gets gifting and gracing from God. And then we're doing it by the supply that he brings into our life. And when we see this, we get liberated. We get delivered from ourselves. It's so good to get delivered from yourself. Amen. And believe, hey, God's going to use me, but it is his gifting, it is his equipping, it is his enabling that is working through me. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, is going to work through our lives. Amen? Watch it. According to the ability which God supplies, that in all things God might be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen? This is the way we get to see it. God loves to put His perfect gift in imperfect vessels. Amen? And that's what messes us up. And many times we disqualify ourselves because we judge the vessel and then we disqualify the gift. There, is, there will never be a perfect vessel. And because he puts his gift in imperfect vessels, when he works through their lives, he's the one that gets the glory. Amen? But if we, if we can find somebody and find fault with somebody, then we diminish the gift. And what we do by diminishing the gift, we remove ourselves out from accountability. But you know, when we do that, you know who loses? I do. I just, I just disqualified myself from receiving. Amen. It, when we were first in the ministry, we had a lady who would, uh, who would come to church, and she'd come every now and then, and, and she just had all these issues that I knew about in her life. And yet every time she came to church, she prophesied. Amen. I said, God, what are you doing? This lady is messed up. <laughs> she is messed up. I know stuff. We're a town of 500 people. You know everything about everybody. I know stuff about, and yet she comes in and she prophesies, and she's right on the money. And I go, God, what are you doing? He says, that's right. It's me doing it, not her. See, she was messed up, but she still had enough faith to be used by God. 
Are you doing all right? And so, and, and that messes with us. Because we think if God's going to use somebody, they should float first or something. They should like have a glow about them and have this amazing aura and just be so holy. And when they look at you, you should feel like you're melting. And... Amen. And that may happen. Amen. But primarily, God uses imperfect people. And He puts the perfection of His Spirit to work through us. And if we can just learn to receive the gift, and you know, we just always say that. Balaam was spared by a talking donkey. Amen? And so we think about that. God does that, and, and He'll use, but He just needs a vessel that's willing. And I do that. And see, for me, it says when they put Peter and John before the disciples, it says that they took note of them that they were ignorant and unlearned men in the book of Acts chapter 4. They know these are ignorant and unlearned men, uneducated men. But then the, but they realized that they had been with Jesus. And God was doing something through people that society or the people that were judging them couldn't believe that, that, that these people were qualified to have the power of God. By what? Where, where are you getting your power? How is this manifesting through you? you? You don't have any education. You don't have the right background. Your pedigree is wrong. You're just stinky fishermen from Galilee. You're the uneducated bud. You know, you're, you're, you're that part of, of our society. And yet... The power of God, you're messing with us because this great power is coming through your lives. Amen. And God goes, yes, that's right. Yes, amen. And that way I get the glory. Amen? amen? So that's always been my assurance as a pastor that God used ignorant and unlearned men. I said, then he can use me. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So watch this. See, I believe that anything that has been given to us was given to us from God to share. Anything that's been given to you has been given to you from the Lord to share. God doesn't dig holes and bury anything. He is the revealer. God is the revealer. Listen to what it says. How is it when you come together, if you're all prophesying and an unbeliever comes into mind, then the secrets of his heart will be made manifest. Things will be revealed and then he will fall down and say, truly God is in your midst. Because God is the great revealer. See, the great message of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is something that should be shared. This message needs to be shared. And for years, we've run from the message of the Holy Spirit. We've been embarrassed by the Holy Spirit. We've been afraid if we bring our friends to church, the Holy Spirit will show up. Oh, I'm invited. We used to, at New Life, especially our home church was crazy. When we got saved, I, I was sharing with, with Roxanne and them. My pastor in the early 70s, God began to speak to him and, and, and tell him to, in, 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 the old Sunday school was from 10 to 11, you had Sunday school church was, and then from 11 to 12, you had the ch your church service. And so you had the adult Sunday school class, and then all the kids went to their classes, and then we came back in for church and stuff and, and from 11 to 12. Well, God spoke to Brotherhood, and so he began doing his message. He preached his message from 10 to 11. And then from 11 to 12, we just worshiped God, the band. We worshiped God, and we waited on the Holy Spirit. And if he didn't show up, we went home. 
So we gave place to him. And so that hour was dedicated just to the Holy Spirit. And for over 20 years, every service, he showed up. And so we'd worship God until there was a prophecy, till there was a tongue, till there was interpretation or a prophetic word of instruction. And then we give an altar call off of that and people come get saved. People get healed, delivered, just out of allowing the Holy Spirit to move. Amen? Well, and, and so the people who were traditional, who came to church at the 11 o'clock hour to hear the pastor preach, they would get mad. Pastor, you never preach at 11. He said, you should have been here at 10. It was pretty good. <laughs> Amen. But so what happened, but, but then we would invite friends, everybody would invite their friends and they would come at 11 o'clock and they go, oh man, I hope it's not a crazy service. I hope it's not something, I hope God didn't show up. You know, people would be praying God didn't show up because they're afraid their friends would be offended by the Holy Spirit. And so we began to be embarrassed by the operation and manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And now, and now when then the whole seeker movement came into the church. And we're starting to grow in the church growth movement. Well, then, then, then we have to condition our service so it's conducive to unbelievers. The best way to have a service conducive to unbelievers is to bring the conviction of the Holy Spirit Amen. so they can get delivered from their unbelief and not go to hell. Amen. Amen. You don't want people to come before God and be comfortable. There's no place when God ever showed up that anybody was comfortable in His presence. Amen. So it, uh, anyway, moving right along. So God is the great revealer. So this is what I want to, I encourage you to become a sharer and to share everything you receive. Amen. The great share. I, I was talking with somebody today and you think about that. Love can only be expressed through giving. Can only be expressed through giving. And when we love people, we have to have something to give. And even that scripture that God supplies seed to the sower. When you purpose to become a sower of the things of the Spirit, God will supply the seed for you to sow. He gives us the ministry of the Holy so we can sow it unto people. We can be a giver of the riches of the Spirit. Amen? So exciting. See, every increase from God into our lives is for giving, for sharing, to flow in the fullness of what God has for our lives. We must become great givers. Just purpose to be a giver. Church becomes so rich. Church life becomes so rich when you move from receiving to giving. God, I want to give. Lord, use me today. Maybe it's prophetic. You'll never know when God might use you in a word of knowledge to somebody in a service. You may walk up and just as you're talking to them and, and, or doing something or praying for somebody, you, you, we pigeonhole God. And we confine him down so much. God moves in such amazing ways in your life. Just say, begin to pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, use me. I want to be a giver in the church. Not just, yes, financially, that, that's a big part of it. And, and God uses that. But even more richly is being a giver of the life of the Spirit. To be used by God. And see, for me, I've just always been crazy. I want to be involved in everything. I have never enjoyed being a spectator. And I hope you get dissatisfied watching others do God. Amen. And, and just raise your hand. And, and see, it, think about it like this. Every Sunday is a game. And when you come to church, come in with your hand raised. Say, Lord, pick me. Yeah, exactly. put, Father, put me in the game today. 
Put me in the game. Think about that. Lord, put me in the game today. Lord, this week, put me in the game of, of evangelism. Put me in the game of encouragement. Put me in the game of ministry. Put me in the game of help. Put me in the game of ministry and serving my community. Amen? Excuse me. Put me in the game. Say, the Holy Spirit, though, is cut off by consumers. He really is. Because if everybody's consuming, who's giving? If everybody comes trying to receive, then there's not enough people to give. Amen. Hallelujah. He's cut off by consumers, but get this, he's released by givers. Released by givers. So the more we desire to give, the greater we'll see that release in our life. So what? Every, watch this. So we, we finished up kind of right here last week, and I want to walk through these scriptures, but I want us to read this again. I want us to remember, Jesus is seated with the Father, amen? And the Holy Spirit is now with Well, give the people enough credit to know that that was stupid. Amen? I don't have to go, man, I'm afraid somebody do. Well, if they do, the people will recognize, and then that person will realize. See, when it's done right, and somebody just acts out and they're stupid, they're going to feel that. Yeah. They're out of order. And if they're too much of a knucklehead, we'll talk to them. Amen. I have no problem coming up. That wasn't God. You need to pray. Amen. All right. But, 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 but see, so, so then we shut everything off, and then there's no place for anybody to do anything. Amen. And then sometimes you have to allow people just to grow and to learn. Amen. But hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I'm kind of like this. I say enough crazy stuff or weird prophecy every now and then won't hurt anything. Some of you get that later. So look what he said. Because what is not believed in practice is in fact not believed at all. Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. Oh man, listen to this. Listen to this. We are ships without wind, chariots without steed. Like branches without sap, we are withered. Like coals without fire, we are useless. As an offering without the sacrificial flame, we are unaccepted. See, I desire both, this is what he said, I desire both to feel and confess this fact whenever I attempt to preach. I do not wish to get away from it or conceal it, nor can I, for I am often made to feel it deep, Feel it to the deep humbling of my spirit. To our hand, the Holy Ghost is the force. To our eye, he is the light. We are but stones, he is the sling. We are the arrows, he is the bow. Come on, say, Holy Spirit, just aim me and shoot me to where you would use me this week, to that person. Aim me to that person. Send me that place. Amen. Hallelujah. So when we confess our weakness, we become fit to be strengthened by Him. When we can acknowledge our emptiness, it becomes a preparation for receiving His divine fullness. Somebody asked me today about brokenness. I said, where, he goes, where does brokenness fit in? I said, well, many times when we're broken, we just get remorseful. And we get frustrated with ourselves. And so we kind of beat ourselves up and we think that's brokenness. Brokenness is when you come to the end of yourself. And you know that if you're ever going to get back up again, it's going to be by Him filling you and raising you back up. Well, you're not going to go back and pick that up again. 
Amen? You're, you're going to live by His life from that moment on. <clears throat> so we finished here Sunday morning. I wanted to pick it up, but that was just a new introduction into this. The last instruction Jesus gave to His disciples before ascending to heaven was to wait for the promise and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I want us to walk through and read these. Go with me to Luke 24 and watch this. And we're going to go through the book of Acts because it is so powerful. And I want you to see this, because what we're going to see is that everything that Jesus is saying and everything that's happening in the book of Acts is being declared to everyone. Luke 24, in verse 49, Jesus says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Everybody say upon you. Okay. So now, and just to put this into context, he is already, he's just about to ascend to the Father. The end of the Gospel of Luke, and then Luke writes the book of, of Acts as well. But Jesus is just about to ascend to the Father. And he said, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. So everybody there is already saved. Okay. Everybody is born again. Are you with me? They're, they're redeemed by the blood. Okay? Atonement has taken place. Man is now able to contain spirit. When Jesus, in John chapter 20, when Jesus came into the upper room with them and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, that, that's a significance and the indicator of the breath of life. Man now, by virtue of the blood, man now being purified and able to contain the Holy Spirit again. Are you with me? That, that we are now the holy of holies. Amen. The veil has been rent, but you and I now become the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. You are the holy of holies. That's why Paul wrote, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So you are the temple, the abiding place. We're that holy place where God lives. But now he says, I'm sending the promise of the Father, not in you, but upon you. And, and when you read about the Holy Spirit, you need to make that distinction. Jesus said, He's going to be with you. He shall be in you. And now here's the promise that He will be upon you. Three different aspects of our interaction with Him. He's with us, leads and guides us. He is in us for regeneration, renewing life. Amen? So He's in us for regeneration. But then He's upon us for the anointing that endues us with power that equips us to do the ministry. Which is why Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has now anointed me to do the ministry. So the Holy Spirit upon us is that power of God upon us, equipping us for the work of the ministry. So he says, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you are endued with power from on high. Now go to Acts chapter 1. So he declares this to them, and this is his instruction just before he ascends. And so, chapter 1, verse 1, the former account, speaking of his gospel, I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up, after through the Holy Spirit he had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God and be assembled together with them, he commanded them. Everybody say he commanded them. Amen. 
So he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which is his, he's recounting what we just read in Luke 24, which he said, you have heard from me. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when we talk about being baptized with the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's different than being born of the Spirit. And being baptized with and being filled with the Spirit are interchangeable terms. Are you with me? Okay. So, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, (coughs) Excuse me. Lord, will you restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? I think we always tend to do that. We get an audience with God, we always ask the wrong question. We're concerned about the wrong thing. Look what Jesus says. Therefore, it's kind of like, I love Brother John Muncy. John Muncy, one of my favorite preachers, my favorite friend. And I love when he teaches on end times because he does it with such clarity. But I know people that get so caught up in end times, they're so caught up with the end, they're not doing anything in the now. And so we get so caught up in stuff. God doesn't, it's, it's going to happen at the appointed time. When's the Lord coming back? At the appointed time. When did he come? In the fullness of time. When's he coming back? In the fullness of time. Key is be ready. Be ready and be about your father's business. Until he comes, we're supposed to be occupying until he comes. <clears throat> Not be caught up in when he comes. And so, and so he said to them, it's not for you to know. Times are season, but we are so hung up in knowing times and seasons. Do you know how many books have been written on times and seasons? Yeah. Amen. You know how many of them are out of date and useless right now? All of them. Amen. So which the Father has put it, which the Father's put into his own authority. Look at verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is what? Come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the So now look up here. So they were told not to be concerned about the signs and the time, but to know that they were going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They were going to be endued with power for the purpose of witnessing. Telling the good news, sharing the gospel with others. The other mistake we've made with the Holy Spirit is we've made it a party in the house of God. We just want to come into the house of God and have the Holy Spirit and have feel-good services where all the believers get together and, and, and we just drink new wine. And have great, have great Holy Ghost party, Holy Ghost party, Holy Ghost party. And never go witness to anybody. Never go witness. Never go out. I I love the Holy Ghost. I love the feeling. I love the power. I love the fun. I love it all. But somewhere you have to use the power to tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Doing okay? Amen. So now watch, 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 watch. So then he told them to wait. And then in Acts chapter 2, turn there. So they wait. Then it happened. Now in the day of Pentecost, 10 days later, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They weren't all home being individual believers. They were all gathering together in one accord in one place, being obedient. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. There came a sound from heaven. Everybody say a sound. Now watch this. As of, or like as, a rushing mighty wind. So was it wind? Did wind come in there? No. Something that sounded like wind. 
So it wasn't wind. Wigs weren't blowing off. Hair wasn't flying all around. Amen. It was just, it was, it was, it sounded like, whew, there was a sound. Okay. All right. Yeah. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues or cloven tongues of fire. And one sat upon what? Each of them. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, so there's something that sounded like wind and something that looked like fire. Cloven tongues of fire. So a manifestation. So the Holy Spirit can show up with sounds and with signs. Signs and wonders. Amen? I think it would be cool. I bet. There was, it, it, it told, there's been revivals where, where people, and I think it even happened at Azusa Street in, in this area, where people thought the building was on fire. And they actually called the fire department to come down. And it was the glory of God manifesting, looked like flames of fire on the building. But the building wasn't burning, kind of like a burning bush thing. Amen. Hallelujah. And then there were people at that time, the presence of God, and people were so, so, so genuinely and honestly seeking God in that season that people would literally be walking down the streets and be drawn, just be captivated and drawn in the service and just fall down at the altar and give their lives to God. Other people would repent on the streets and things happening. So the, the manifestation of God, people would fall out on the, of the power. And the, Charles Finney would go into factories and preach, and factories would shut down, and, and, and things would happen. I mean, amazing things under the anointing of God and the manifestation of God. Amen? So watch it. It says, and then they were, how many filled? Verse 4. All filled. So the Lord, so, so what that means, that there were 120 in the upper room, and some of them were, were women. Mary was there, and, and, and Mary Magdalene, and Mother Jesus, and the disciples, and so the 12 are there, and that. But then there's all these other people there. And so it wasn't just the apostles that got it. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they all began to speak with the other tongue. The other thing religion is told today is we, we, we continually disqualify ourselves. For me, I never want to believe anything that disqualifies me from receiving something that's in the Bible. Amen. So watch it. And so they were all filled and began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then we know that, look, look down at verse 11. And so the people are out there and, and they're all hearing them doing that. Or actually we go back up in verse 8. And, and, now, and now here it is that we hear them in our hour, in our language, in which they were born. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Christians and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So now watch this. What this means is, is that the people in the upper room, they could hear these disciples and, 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 and all these people praying in tongues. And they said, wait a minute, that's my language. But the guys up there in the upper room didn't know what they were praying. To them, it was an 
unknown tongue, a tongue not known to them. And and, and it could have been any one of those, and they could have been going back and forth in different languages. They're just praying as the Holy Spirit gives them utterance, and the utterance of the Holy Spirit through them is declaring the wonderful works of God, which is why in worship sometimes in praise, I want to praise God by the Holy Spirit. I want to praise Him in other tongues, because He knows how to declare the wonderful works of God. I have limited ability, but he is able to praise him in the fullness that he is worthy of. Amen? And so they're all amazed, and they're hearing them speak the wonderful works of God. And so then people have taken this, and they've gone, well, see there, unless you speak, and it's used for preaching to foreign language. It can be. It can be. I remember one time, we, we went to Ensenada. I had that happen one time in my life so far. But we were in Ensenada, and we were ministering, and uh, 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 with Johnny and Bertha, these friends of ours, we went down there on, on, a, on a missions trip, and so we're having this church service in their house, and this little teenage girl comes up, and I begin to, to, to pray for her, and I'm just praying. I'm trying to stir it up and get some leading from the Lord on how to pray for her. So I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost before I pray for her, and, and, and then Hope comes up to me and said, do you know what you're doing? I said, no. She says, you're praying in perfect Spanish, and you're reading her mail. <laughs> I go, oh my goodness. That's in the Bible. I did that. That is so cool. Yeah. Amen. I just go, wow, that is awesome. But many times we just pray. But I didn't know I was praying in Spanish. I didn't know I was talking to her. I'm just pray- I'm just, I'm just trying to hear from God. I'm, I'm drawn from the well. And I'm trying to hear from God. And then the Holy Ghost is using that. And, and that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. They're just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through them and, and use their voice. They're yielding their voice to give Him a voice in the earth. Amen. And they're praising the wonderful. And all these people from all these different nations hear the praises of God declared in their understanding. Amen. That's awesome if God would do it. But that's not the only way that he, and so we do that. We pigeonhole things down. Well, God give me tongues so I could go to a foreign nation and preach. It probably, you probably, I mean, Keith would tell, it'd probably be better if you learned the language too. Yeah. Yeah. To just go there, rely on the Holy Spirit to open your mouth and fill it. Amen? Hallelujah. So we're doing okay? Yeah. All right. So then they're all filled. But then look at what happens. And, and, and they move down and they go, uh, we hear them speaking in our own tongue. Verse 12. So they were all amazed perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean, and others mocking. Everybody look up here just for a minute. Anytime the Holy Spirit is in manifestation, there'll be people who are amazed, perplexed, and mock. But never let the amazers, the perplexers, and the mockers move you off of the things of God. Somebody's always going to be amazed. Oh, this is weird. Somebody's going to be perplexed. I just don't understand. There's always going to be people who make fun of it. Amen. Do whatever you want. I have a Bible experience. Amen? Amen. That's what was so funny when we went to Bieber. God sent us that little church up there. And I said, hey, guys, I know you don't believe this, but I don't know what to tell you. I actually have a Bible experience. I have what's in the Bible. And then God showed up for six years and just did the same thing there. Praise the Lord. Watch it. So then look look at chapter uh, at verse 38. And Peter speaking, verse 37, Now when they had heard this, they were all cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. So we need to repent. We need to be water baptized. Amen? And then look at what he says. Then look at what he says. 
And you will receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized and you will receive. Who is he speaking to? The whole multitude that he's telling every one of them that the promise is for every one of them. So look at what he said. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all those who are far off as many as our Lord God will call. And it says at that day that they gladly received his word and were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. And I'm submitting to you that that is inferring that all 3,000 of them got baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not all of them. Now watch this. Go with me to Acts chapter 8. Or Acts chapter 6. And we read it Sunday morning and that. Because it says that then what happens is, is that uh, we see men being filled with the Holy Spirit and the fullness of the Holy Spirit walking in the power and the clarity of the Holy Spirit in our lives is what qualifies us to serve God. Amen. And, and I said it Sunday morning, I mean that. Men, listen to me. We live in such an age when God needs men of God again. There's such a call right now for men to rise up and be men of God, men filled with the Spirit. I mean, I was so excited. I've been rejoicing ever since Sunday morning for Philip. Man, he come up there, and Sunday morning, God just baptized him first service gloriously with the Holy Spirit. Powerful. Yes, God. Hallelujah. What a victory. Amen. Hallelujah. It's powerful. It's so powerful. I said, God, you are so awesome. Amen. So here they are. So to serve tables, becoming to the standard to serve tables, that you'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then after Stephen's death, the church is scattered. And then look at what happens. Philip, one of the men, just like Stephen, just a man in the church filled with the Holy Ghost, with the scattering because of Paul's persecution after the stoning of Stephen, the church is scattered. Go to Acts chapter 8 and watch this. We'll only have time to read this and then we're going to pray together. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to him. Now look, at Philip is not Philip the apostle. This is Philip the deacon, the, the servant in the church. Just filled with the Holy Ghost. He goes down to Samaria. And look, at, he preached Christ to the city. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the what? Miracles, which he did. Verse 6. Verse 7, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Everybody look up here just for a minute. Don't get surprised as if in the near future some demons manifest. We've had it over the years. It's been a while. I think it is so much fun. I really do. I, I love it when God sets people free. But see, the devil's not afraid to come to church. And sometimes demons will manifest in a counterfeit manifestation. Are you with me? And so in that, and then that's where you go over and you shut that thing down and you cast that lying spirit out and people get set free and get saved. Amen. Because there's, there's religious spirits, counterfeit spirits, religious spirits that operate. Amen. And so things happen. But see, this is what happened. Never be afraid of the enemy. Amen. But it says Philip here, with power and authority, is casting out demonic spirits. We have the power and we have the authority over all. Jesus said, I give you power and authority over what? All the power of the enemy. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So look what happened. So an unclean spirit and came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame 
were healed. How many are ready to see the lame healed? Amen. People paralyzed healed. I mean, true miracle. I'm ready to see that. Praise the Lord. As a church, this is our heritage we're reading about. And there was great joy in the city. But there was a certain man called Simon who was previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming he was some, someone great. So Simon was doing witchcraft, claiming to be someone great. Now look at this. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. So they were saying Simon the sorcerer had great power. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Are you with me? So not every man, that's why I said not every manifestation is a God manifestation. So that's why you need the Holy Spirit. Truth, he reveals truth to us and gives us. Part one of the gifts is discerning the spirit. Look at verse 12. But when they believed Philip... As he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself got saved and believed. And he was baptized and continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. He said, man, I did trick, but this is the real deal. Now watch at verse 14 is why I read this. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, when he heard that salvation had come to Samaria... They were born again. They sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come to them, prayed for them that they what? Might receive the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 16. For as yet he had fallen upon, everybody say upon. So as of yet he had not fallen upon any of them. So they've been born of the Spirit. They've been baptized in the name of Jesus. But as yet he had not fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now here in Acts chapter 8, it does not say that they spoke with tongues. Okay, But what it does say is what's next. Now when Simon saw that through the laying on of the hands of the apostles, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Spirit. And Peter says, But your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. goes on to say, uh, Simon, your heart's not right. And then he repents and says, oh, pray that what you said doesn't happen. But why? Here's a guy who was a sorcerer that did manifested signs. But what he saw through the lane, he saw something. The Holy Spirit was manifest in such a way that it, people weren't just, they, they didn't just go, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it, and nothing happens. There was a manifestation Are you with me? To where, Peter, where Simon says, hey, I want to be able to lay my hands on people and have that happen. That that would happen. So the inference is, is that there was the same manifestation that happened on the day of Pentecost. They all received, and they all begin to speak in tongues and magnify and prophesy God. Say, Man, that's amazing. Are you with me? As we go through, we'll see that happens in, in Cornelius' house and then on <coughs> with the Apostle Paul. In the next chapter, we have to quit, though, for tonight if the worship team come back for a moment. So we're going to pick this up. We're going to continue on on Sunday morning. We're going to make Sunday morning people jealous. We're going to have them become Tuesday nighters with us. Hallelujah. 
But God's going to continue to move and do great things. And right now, He's going to do the same thing. But see, what happens is, so many times in our life, we disqualify ourselves. We believe. Um, Pastor Sue said they've been doing in the Beth Moore series, um, and she brought it up last week, that uh, for years, Beth Moore discredited prophecy. And people would come up to her and say, hey, I have a word. And Beth goes, you show it to me in here then. And so this is, this is God's word to me. That's it. I don't need anything else. Well, she had been taught just out of her denomination, out of her background and that. And so she was robbing herself. And then God literally dealt with her and opened up that the Holy Spirit is for today. And that this is needful in her life. And so she had a just God working in her life. But so many times for us that happens where we've been taught certain things and we've been taught things that disqualify us from flowing in the Holy Spirit. From somehow thinking we're not qualified. What's so important when you read the book of Acts, every place says that everybody received. I love that, that Peter said, hey, it's to you. He said, the whole reason he's preaching is because of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And this crowd is gathered and he explains to them, what we've received is for you. And then Philip preaches in the city and they go, hey, this promise. They go and they say, hey, I'm glad you're saved, but there's a promise that's for you too. We're here to tell you about the promise. And they come, they lay their hands on them and they all receive. And then Paul, you get to Acts chapter 9, and Paul's there, and God shows to Ananias. And sometimes God will make you do things that are scary. He says, Ananias, you, Paul's had a vision. He's in the, over there on the street called Straight in, in this guy's house, and he's seen a man named Ananias coming and laying his hands on him for him to receive his sight. And Ananias walks in and says, Brother Paul, the Lord has sent me to lay my hands on you for you to receive your sight and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so God sends Ananias to lay hands on Paul to receive the Holy Spirit. And later on, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul goes, Hey, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. He's a good Southern Baptist Pentecostal boy. Amen. Amen. So he says, I, I, I pray in tongues more than y'all. So when did he get it? When Ananias laid hands on him? Right. Amen. And so sometimes we get talked out that, 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 that praying in the Spirit isn't for everybody. God wants everybody to be able to pray in the Spirit, have a heavenly prayer language where you're able to magnify and glorify God. Pray, as Jude 20 says, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. And, and He wants everybody to flow in the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's God's will for all of our lives. And my prayer, my purpose through this whole lesson, I'm just saying, is to get you stirred up to believe that God is the great giver and that He wants you to receive and He gives it to you in such a way that you can give it away. And He'll equip you and that your faith gets stirred up to say, God, make me your arrow, make me that stone. Lord, send me, use me for your glory. Amen? And that God would deliver you from the disqualifications that maybe somebody's spoken over your life to use. Man, if you knew me and God uses me, just, just look at me. My goodness. God will use anybody that will just say yes. Amen? Hallelujah. I want you to stand just for a moment.